0: Welcome to our DSM Hollywood podcast series. The following is an excerpt from Dr. Daniel Schurstad's weekly online Bible study for those in the entertainment industry, along with those who have a passion to see the kingdom of God revealed in Hollywood. For more information about DSM Hollywood, including upcoming events and how to join in on our Bible studies, please visit www.dsmhollywood.com. We're so glad you have tuned in and we're grateful for the privilege to help you grow in your holy calling in Christ Jesus. Before you listen, I encourage you to grab your Bible and set your heart in expectancy to receive from the Lord, knowing that His heart is free to grow in knowing Him and to grow in walking with Him. As I open here on the Google Me Call, Facebook, and on the podcast, I just want to introduce myself. I'm Pastor Timothy Kirschman. I'm speaking tonight because Pastor Dan Scherstad is on a ministry trip and we know God is using him mightily. And if you're not aware, Pastor Dan has been speaking a message concerning decreeing. And so this is the third part of that series and If you want to go back and listen to what he's spoken, we have that available through our website. and You can go to various podcast platforms as well to listen to that. These are powerful teachings. And this is such a topic that people are often confused about. And Pastor Dan is really yielding to the Holy Spirit to bring forth wisdom concerning this topic so we can further walk as children of God because whether or not we will acknowledge it, this is a true principle for the children of, the, of God to walk in that we do have a role to play here uh, as we walk together with the Holy Spirit. And some of the things he's been getting into is that there's a differentiation between what we commonly call prophecy and decreeing. And if you're not muted already on the Google Meet call, I just want to invite you to please go ahead and mute yourself, please. So here, I'm just going to dive right in to this topic, and my prayer is as you listen to this, that you just have your heart open to what the Lord wants to give understanding to you about. That he would open the eyes of your understanding, especially concerning his power that is at work towards you and in you, because he is the head to his body and to his church, and all things are under his feet. He is the one with all power and authority. But now he has given us that and we're called to walk together with him in his will and see many great things revealed here on earth as we walk together with him. So as I start with this teaching, I want to point to the topic of what a term has been coined as, what we call prophetic. And uh, if you're not aware of this, it's a pretty general term. A lot of times uh, you can perhaps consider it being inter- uh interchangeable with the word being walking in the spirit. But I'm going to I'm going to dig into this a little bit cuz I think this will set a good foundation into what I'm going to be talking about here because some of this stuff is just stuff that people haven't yet heard. So what does it mean to be prophetic? What is prophetic? And I also will state this right away as well that we have notes available as because this is a Bible study. Uh, I don't know if Calvary will have it available right away on Google Docs or not, but Either way, at least at the end, we'll make it available so you can go back and really look at these scriptures that I bring forth and chew on this because it's important that when people present scripture to you, that the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth is really confirming to you that this is the truth so that you know that you can really chew on this. And as you chew on the truth of God's word, you are renewed. And as you are renewed in the truth, then you live out the truth that is within you. We're we're born again, we're a new creation, but we're transformed are transformed by the renewing of our minds. So what does it mean to be prophetic? If you look at the root word for prophet or prophecy in the Old Testament, you'll see a word, uh, I believe it's pronounced nabah, and it seems to infer uh, to bubble up or to spring forth as, of, as if from a spring. Again, the root word that we get prophet and prophecy from. Now recall also in the book of Jeremiah, God refers to himself twice as the fountain of living waters. So talking about the topic of what does it mean to be prophetic? What is prophecy uh, in a more general term? Even considering in the Old Testament, we see that people even prophesied under instruments. And what I'm going to start to pre- present to you here is that it relates to the unction of the Holy Spirit to your spirit and then from your soul in your, in this literally the fullness of your being. You, get to uni- you live united with God and it's the unction of the Holy Spirit coming forth. And recall how Jesus said concerning the Holy Spirit that rivers of living water will flow out of your belly or out of of the hidden man of your heart or out of the innermost being that you are. Again, you're born again of the Spirit of God. If if you've believed the truth of Jesus Christ and given Him your life, you are a new creation. So now, as since Jesus Christ has been glorified, all of us, if we have given our life to the biblical Jesus, to the real Jesus, being literally a new creation, we are different than what it was like in the Old Testament when the Holy Spirit came upon people. And even as David pleaded, take not your Holy Spirit from me. But in the New Testament, he's promised never leave us or forsake us because we have believed on the truth of Jesus Christ that's been accounted to us as righteousness. So we're in right standing, our sins are forgiven. And so though it's true that in this walk, we are warned not to do things that would grieve or resist or quench the Holy Spirit, He's promised. He's never going to leave you or forsake you because you're a new creation now that can be as the Bible says, don't be drunk in excess of wine but be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. We're like a new wine skin that can handle the new wine. He's not leaving us. We can be continually filled. So bring that all together what I've said here regarding the word, the word prophetic. It's from his spirit. He's a fountain of living waters. To your spirit, even the book of Acts, it says at the beginning in the day of Pentecost, they all spoken tongues as a capital S Holy Spirit gave them the utterance. And then it also says in the scriptures that when I pray in an unknown tongue, it's my spirit that's praying. So that's why I'm pointing to. That's from the Holy Spirit to your spirit. So what happens here is he gives you an unction by his spirit. And so then literally we can grow and develop in, in godliness so that everything we and it's a growth process. I'm going to get into that more later. But everything that we do can be prophetic can be led by the Holy Spirit. Now because I'm talking about decreeing, because I'm speaking regarding this term of decreeing, I just want to point to the reality that you have been given stewardship here on earth. You are made in God's image and likeness. And remember he spoke creation into existence. And so all creation. I'm just pausing here for a moment because my, my wife is coming here with a concern. Your, your feet is really scratchy for the Google meat. Okay. I'm just hearing that my feet is scratchy, so I'm going to take out my earbuds here. Thank you. Thank you. So, you. So as I was speaking, you've been made in the image and likeness of God. And remember, God spoke creation into existence, so we can recognize even that creation itself, there's some aspect to it that is literally sound, and even science has dug into studying this as well. And so we should not be surprised that the Bible says that death and life are in the power of our tongue. Again, we're made in the image and likeness of God, and though the fall of mankind happened, where we're not doing a great job with this, it is still a true principle that death and life are in the power of our tongue. And as we learn to yield our tongue to the Holy Spirit, We see, we see great results of walking as a child of God. So God gave mankind dominion here on earth and that dominion that God gave mankind here on earth was meant to be from a place of fellowship with God. As you consider, even when Adam was naming the animals, he was doing that from a place of fellowship with God. That's why we're made more than the holy calling that we have here on earth a more important aspect of our holy calling is that we were made to know God. He made you because he loves you and again, because he wants you to walk with him. And in the book of, in the Gospel of John, we read that as many as received Jesus Christ, to him, he gave the power or the ability to walk and to be, to live out the reality of being children of God. The Apostle Paul in, as we can read in the book of Acts, when he was in Athens, he acknowledged that all of humanity is the offspring of God. But there's a difference between being made by God and being grafted into the vine and being received and adopted as a children. Jesus Christ is the firstborn among many brethren. Humankind is a very unique creation. Again, he gave humankind here, dominion over this creation. And so now that we're restored back to fellowship with God through Jesus Christ, we can operate in this dominion in righteousness from a place of walking with God. It's his spirit with you and so this relates to decreeing because it relates to the power of our tongue and recognizing that we're called to operate in this dominion from a place of again from fellowship with God where we can do it in righteousness now that Jesus Christ has come to earth and given us the ability to become born again something has changed now though a lot has changed of course but now we can have authority not just that we were given dominion but now we have authority in Christ, and it was different even than what Adam had because, <clears throat> again, we're born again. And the Holy Spirit is not leaving us, and I'm not saying that God left Adam, but the blood of the lamb, the precious, spotless lamb of God has covered us. So there's a differentiation that has happened here now, again, where we're a new creation that can be continually Filled with the Holy Spirit. So, as I open up in this teaching, I'm going to share a few key scriptures that many of us have heard. But I want to encourage you, as you hear these scriptures, just keep your heart open to the Lord so He can give you revelation concerning this. Because I'm speaking again, not only that you have dominion here on earth, but you have authority in Christ, even over all the power of darkness, and the authority through Christ, according to the will of God, to bind and loose here from earth. In Matthew chapter 16, after, Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? And Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And when Jesus responds upon this revelation of who I am, I'm going to build my ecclesia, the church. Now, Pastor Dan preaches a great message concerning that the word ecclesia is not a religious term, but is a term that relates to what would be debatably said as a legislative assembly. And I believe this is further confirmed because, the sec- because of the second thing he says. Now, the first thing he says is that the council or the gates of hell will not pre- prevail. It's not able to prevail against the true ecclesia, the true church, which is not those who mentally acknowledge Jesus, but give, believe the truth of Jesus and give Jesus their lives. Why call me Lord, Lord, or master, master, and don't do the things which I say? Is when we repent, when we turn to Jesus, that we actually become born again. Now, the second thing he says is this, I will give you, this is what he said to us right after he said that I'm building the church. This is the second thing he said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So keeping this in mind, God has given you authority through fellowship with him as you walk together with him, as you perceive his will, as you hear his voice, and he's called you to walk in this. Again, this is the second thing he said: that from this place here on this in, in this earth, I have authority as a child of God, united with Christ, and He's the head of the church. And we get into that more in just a bit. That whatever I from this place bind. And now I'm speaking in the context of using the power of your tongue, but there's more to the reality of binding and loosening. I'm not going to so much get into, but to share briefly, when you're obeying the Lord, when you're walking in the spirit and doing as he leads, there's so much good binding and loosening happening. But again, I'm speaking about the power of your tongue, especially consciously participating with the Holy Spirit, or even just perceiving the grace of God as you decree a thing. So he gives you authority to, from this place, to bind or to loose, and then it affects what happens in the heavens, that which God wants bound or loosed. We get to participate with that. So again, that's from Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. In Luke ten nineteen. Jesus said, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Now we have to believe this. This is the word of God. It's not according to our feelings. Behold, I give the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy over all the power of the enemy we should let our faith our belief unite with this because as we believe then we live we live out what we believe so we want our our believing to believe the truth we want our mind to unite to the truth that truly the power that's within us and this is one of the reasons that enemy tries to be intimidating from a time we're little children because the enemy wants you to think that you are weaker than a devil Um, But in your child, you're made in the image and likeness of God. And now in Christ, you have authority over all, as it says, over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. So as we abide in Christ, as we live out this reality that we are positionally in Christ and then we live this out again, that we're in Christ. It's hard for the enemy to find harm in our lives. And I'm probably going to get to that a little bit more uh, in just a little while here. And likewise, in Luke chapter nine, he says this, Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. The reason I brought that scripture is because in Luke ten nineteen it says that he gives us authority over the power of the enemy. And the thing is, because we have the authority, because our authority comes from Christ, with that, as we come in his name, as we're doing things that relate to the truth of who he is, it's not merely just saying the phrase in the name of Jesus, but as we come in his name, because we're sent of him. We're sent by him. As we come in his name, we have the authority. And with the authority comes the power. But in Luke chapter 9 verse 1, it clarifies that he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Now, this topic sometimes faces resistance because it does point to that we have, again, as I said in the beginning, a role to play in this. We have a role in walking as children of God for God's will to be done. Recall how he even taught us to pray, thy kingdom come... Thy will be done. Now he gave again mankind dominion here on earth. So he doesn't force his will upon us, but because he gave humankind dominion here on earth, that's the same likewise with demons, this is a reason that they try to find legal access. And I'll probably get into that more in a bit too, but we have to give God legal access as well. This is why we we give him legal access in prayer. Not my will, but Your will be done. Let Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your heart's desire be revealed here in my life. Jesus taught us to pray in this manner, so we have authority in binding and loosing, as I've read. And again, the power of your tongue has a huge part in this. Now we don't do this by our own understanding; we do this according to the wisdom of God. So I'm just going to point to some scriptures briefly concerning this topic, because even. God himself we see in the scriptures that his decrees that in his decrees that wisdom was right there with him I'm going to read from Proverbs chapter eight verses twenty nine and thirty when he gave actually I'm just going to paraphrase it here he dec- we see that in the scripture that he decreed the boundaries of the sea and that the decree that he gave forth uh, was with his wisdom so for us as we're acknowledging the power of our tongue and that which we speak it would be wise for us to consider and really own onto that God knows what's best and so we want to allow his wisdom to be at work in our lives and if we've given our life to Jesus we can read this in the book of John that the fullness of God has come and made his come to make his home within us and so we can be assured that this wisdom is also inside of us and he's teaching us he's guiding us into all truth by his spirit he's there to help us learn to walk in this the thing about the wisdom of God is it's not as often as we read in the book of Proverbs, lean not on unto your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all of your ways. We don't want to lean on to our own understanding, but we want to allow God's wisdom to be at work. Uh, Consider even that it was God's wisdom, even though Jesus is the express image of the Father, that he is the word, become flesh. And he even acknowledged when he was here on earth that he could call down a legion of angels when they took him up from the garden to be crucified, it was God's wisdom to let that happen. He didn't decree something contrary to that for his own, or just put yourself in those shoes to to prevent yourself from that physical harm, but it was the wisdom of God to to allow that to happen. And I like to acknowledge this too when I I bring up the story when Jesus was taken uh, from the garden to be crucified. When they said, are you Jesus? He replied, I am, and in Hebrew, if I'm understanding it correctly, it sounds like he said, ha-ya. So he said, ha-ya, I am, and, they, and if you read the scriptures, I, I, I would love to see this more in movies that portray this scene. They actually fell back and down to the ground because when we, and I'm going to bring this into your shoes here for, for a moment here, when you acknowledge the truth of who you are in Christ, again, your mind unites with the truth, then you live out the truth, and it's when we have a revelation of who we are in Christ that we, we do grow in living out the power that is within us. So even as Jesus acknowledged that he is the I am, that power that was released, they fell down to the ground. But again, for the greatest good, he went to the cross for us. And so, yes, we want God's wisdom. We want his leading. But at the same time, we, we should be mindful that we don't want to freeze up in our lives and be afraid to do anything. And that's part of what happened to me uh, as I was growing in learning to follow Christ is I didn't realize how much liberty there really is. And this is, I'm going to be hitting this point a few times with you guys tonight or whenever you're listening to this or watching this, that there really is, as you, just, as you learn to walk with God, you'll discover there really is a lot of liberty. So you don't want to assume to do nothing until you literally hear God's voice. And yes, absolutely. We're called to walk in that as children of God, that if you want that, that's a good desire. The Bible says, desire earnestly spiritual gifts. So if that's in your heart to desire that, that is from the Father to want to hear His voice. And we received that in so many ways, but yes, it can be literally hearing from Him. But in my past, I was so concerned on waiting for the right holy moment to do things that I could debate to say that I could have experienced more great things in walking in the Spirit. Not that I had to prove myself to anybody, but it's a joy to walk with God. Eventually what I realized was in everything, that god is ordering my steps especially for us uh, as we get older this was at a time where i didn't have as many obligations in life i didn't have uh, a nine to five job i didn't have a family that I was taken care of so i had a lot more liberty in my life just to wait on the lord and he was faithful to direct me to different places i would literally wait by the door and he, he, he was faithful to direct us. there's times where i had to go to a grocery store to ask what grocery store to go to i, I was about to leave in many situations I was about to head out the door and the lord uh, He restrains me. Now, there's a reality to this. Uh, Even, we see this in the uh, Apostle Paul's life, that he was going to do a good thing. He wanted to go preach the gospel in Asia, but the Holy Spirit restrained him. He withheld him. He he told him not to. And and that wasn't forever. But in that time, it was not the right time. Now, this is a little bit different. You know, I'm just going to the grocery store. It's it's definitely different. But when the Lord gave me the release, right when I would step into those doors at the grocery store, a person... That he wanted me to minister to, somebody from the past would be there. And this is not just a grocery store, but many places, so uh, this would happen. And I'm sure it's an example as an example, as I saw was posted even in the notes there, that yes, we're called to wait on the Lord. And waiting on the Lord doesn't mean waiting and doing nothing. It means I like to think of it like this. When I go out to eat, if somebody has a title of a waiter, not just a server, but a waiter, ideally they're actually waiting on me. They're they're attentive to what I want. And when, I communic- when, I, when they're there, then I can communicate to them, to them what I want, and then they can wait on me. And so we can live a lifestyle of this. But what I wanted to point to, to here really in this point is that there's a lot of liberty. So when you're living your life and you're in the momentum of life, uh, he is there ordering, ordering your steps. And in those moments, if you'll be open, there's so many great things you can do and operate in authority. Even uh, guarding the peace in a place, even uh, interceding and forbidding violence to happen in a place, and I'm going to share. I'm going to get into this a little bit later to help you grow in knowing the authority that you have. So I'm going to again, I'll be pointing to that a little bit more later. Uh, specific examples that you can walk in and uh, decreeing as a priest and a king and operating in your authority that you have in Christ. And so in, in as you're living your life know that God does want to reveal his name. Uh Mark 16:20 he was we read that he confirms the word. It's his will to confirm the truth of the word with signs following. So don't wait. Don't feel like you have to wait. Don't feel like you have to wait until you get the answers that you're seeking or what am I supposed to do with my life, Lord? Uh then I'll start serving you. No, you you get to walk as a child of God now. And one of the things you can start doing now is interceding, praying for others. And I'm going to share a little bit more on what really is meant by intercession. But before I do that, I'm going to read a scripture here. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. We read in the scriptures that God is it's not his heart for any but to perish, but for all to come to him, to all to come to the knowledge of him. Now he knows who's gonna receive him, but his heart is for all to come to him, to know his love, to be restored back to fellowship with him. And the Bible says that he's given us, as the body of Christ, the ministry of reconciliation. And one of the roles that we can play in helping people come to this place of the knowledge of the truth of God's love for them is, as the scripture said there, praying for not who you think you should pray for, but literally for everybody. We are God's intercessors. We are the body of Christ. We are the vessels here on earth that can perceive God's will and pray that out again because he gave mankind dominion here on earth. So we get to participate with the heart of God to see his heart revealed here on earth. So now I'm going to be speaking on the topic of us being priests and kings. After our Google Meet call, I, I loved that this topic started coming up a little bit and it's so relevant with this. So I'm going I'm to spend a little bit of time here. Uh, just feeding us a little bit more on this topic of the reality of being priests and kings in the book of revelation we see the body of Christ referred to this referred to in this way twice that's in revelations one six and and five ten and 1, 5, uh, 1, 5, it says that Jesus is the ruler over the kings of the earth so he's the king of kings and again what I'm about to point to here is that we as a body of Christ we are A kingdom of priests and kings. Now, I shared before, I'm going to say it again, that there are notes available. There's other scriptures with this. I'm not going to share them all. uh, But you can go back if you'd like and really study this out further. Uh, Revelation 5.10, it says that he's made us kings and priests to our God. Some scriptures really are intentional, or I should say translations, to point out that this is a now concept. He has made us kings and priests now. Unto our God, and then it says, "And we shall reign on earth." Let me share another scripture in case you think that's debatable—that you are not a king and priest now. Romans five seventeen. This is from the Passion translation. Death once held its gri- held on us its grip, but by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, here it is. <clears throat> How much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue and continue reigning as kings in life? <clears throat> we reign as kings in this life. Now, this is so contrary to what a lot of religiosity has tried to, and it's demonic, has tried to push on us just to say, you're just a sinner saved by grace that's gonna barely make it into heaven kind of thing. And that's just a complete lie. The Bible says that we were once sinners, but again, he through faith in Jesus Christ, he has imputed his righteousness to us. We are literally The tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. We are his holy possession. You are, your life is hidden Christ Jesus. The Bible says that he who's united to the Lord is one spirit with him. You're not merely just a sinner. Now, you you might make mistakes, but your identity is not a sinner. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now, concerning being a priest, consider the priest in the Old Testament, how they would intercede On behalf of the people and now likewise that's what we're called to do is through Christ we intercede on behalf of the people and they also in the Old Testament we see that priests they would offer up sacrifices now for us we present our entire being a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is our reasonable act of worship. We give our entire self for the will of God. As carrying our cross. Jesus said that we're not even able to be his disciples unless we forsake all and carry our cross. Now, carrying our cross doesn't mean that I'm putting myself in harm's way by my own understanding. Jesus did that for the joy set before him. But carrying your cross means that you're living through the Father's will. We've, Jesus said that if you want to find your life, you're going to lose it. If you want to experience this true joy of that you are united with Christ, but if you want to consciously experience and live that out, you're going to have to give up some sacrifice, give up your life so that you can truly find it and live through Christ because he indeed truly scripturally and in reality, he is the resurrection and the life within us. So we we offer up our entire being as a sacrifice. And we also, biblically in the New Testament, we see that we offer up sacrifices of praise. And also the, the priests, they were the ones who had access to enter into the holy place through the blood of the Lamb. Now, Jesus Christ, he is our high priest. He is the high priest. But now, through this one high priest, we all have access to enter and stay, stay in that place. Now, we enter in, so even in a place of walking in life, uh, even in times of worship, in times of intercession, know that you can enter to the throne room of grace boldly you can come forth boldly. We're called to come forth boldly, not not in an arrogant way, with gratitude, with praise and thanksgiving. Even when Jesus taught how to pray, he started with, you go to him as father, our father. You acknowledge who he is from a relational place, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, or you come to him for the truth of who he is. You don't, you come, you don't, you don't come arrogantly. You, you reverence him. Absolutely. He is, But he loves you as a father. And you are all as a body of christ we're welcome to the place and again we're called to stay in that place of fellowship the bible says to pray without ceasing and the bible also says the fellowship of the holy spirit be with you all amen so saying in saying that i'm saying that we're called to stay in a place of continual fellowship with the holy spirit you are this is what i'm bringing together here you are priest in christ jesus and uh, now Getting back to this topic of intercession, so we get to be in fellowship with God, and from that place of being in fellowship with the Lord, we get to perceive his heart, his will, in intercession and cooperate with him. And this includes, not limited to, but includes decreeing, commanding, and decreeing as a king, especially as we're pointing to here in prayer. Now, kings, consider what a king is. A king has dominion. They're in authority over something. They have dominion over, over something. And again, soon i am going to be talking about knowing what you have, what's in your domain, in your dominion. Kings, and I, w- I really want to invite you to own on to this. Kings know that things in their domain, again, God gave mankind dominion here on earth, but we're restored back to a place of authority through Christ. Kings know that things in their domain must obey when they decree something. It's not questionable. If something we're going to try to resist it, it's not going to be good for that person, right? Kings know that Things must obey when they decree. Now I'm going to share an example. I hope this doesn't hurt anybody's feelings. Uh, but for example, and I'm going to insist again in a little bit, part of your domain is your land. Even if you're renting, that's if you're renting, that's legal access you have. This is now your domain. This is now your land. Now I had a compost in my backyard, and. My wife was so good to, she, I don't know if she realized she was being prompted by the Holy Spirit to say, we should get rid of that compost. And I think that was from the Lord because very soon after, a huge swarm, I don't know necessarily what kind of bees, if there were bees or what is, or hornets, but a huge swarm, they weren't the bumblebees, don't worry. A huge swarm of bees came, it seemed like at first thousands, uh, it, was, <laughs> it looked like a plague. Uh, Cal just heard this. Uh, sound of rushing of many bees coming to our backyard and they try to make a habitation there and so me by God's grace being at the place that I understand that this is my domain and I have dominion and authority here on earth through Christ again living from a place of being united with his heart and so I went to proclaim a decree over the land I'm sorry if this sounds silly but it's true and and true results happen and as I'm saying a decree that they need to leave the land, I literally, as I'm saying the decree, I hear the Lord give me a time. And so I proclaim, by this time, you must leave. And then what happened, and again, I'm sorry if this offends anybody, but what literally what happened is after that time was up, my wife goes in the backyard and she sees, thankfully it was a lot of them did leave, but scripturally we see Jesus, and we'll get into it maybe in a bit, we see that even Jesus acknowledged that creation can be rebellious creation is actually earnestly awaiting, groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. We're called, as I'll say this, when we're walking as children of God, the land is even blessed. Uh, The Bible in the Old Testament says that truly you, you maintain my lot or my domain, my, my land, my cattle, my animals. Again, I might get into that in a bit. So I understand that this is my stewardship. So then she sees many dead bees there on the ground, or, I'm not sh- or again, whatever they were, hornets, and including on the compost, some of them, is just, they were just dead. I wasn't doing anything to kill them. And so I'm pointing to here that you have authority here in creation. Uh, again, I'm, 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 I'm tempted to get ahead of myself, but I'm gonna share more examples in a bit. So as a king, you have to know that things must listen. My domain and your domain, your domain is subject to your Decrees. Now, again, we're we're called to decree from a place of being united with God's heart. And we can do this from a place of assurance of faith. And I'm going to get into that topic of assurance of faith in just a bit because we must decree in faith if it's going to be effective. What really helped me in growing and understanding and operating in the authority that I have in Christ as a child of God is that he's the firstborn among many brethren. He is the king of kings. And humanity, again, is a, such a unique creation. What did God make to be the bride, the prize to the son of God himself, but the redeemed body of Christ, the church? It's kind of a big deal. Remember, Jesus even said, he who's least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. It's a big deal to be a born-again believer. It is in all of existence, and all creation, again, it's a big deal, whether or not you know it. So even in the spirit realm, you are per se, at least I, I dare say literally royalty. And so as I speak, as I speak in authority, I, I recognize that I'm a King and things must listen. Again, he's a firstborn among many brethren and he is the King of, of Kings. And I don't know if I got into the scripture, but uh, maybe, maybe I have it in store later in my notes here, but he gave us authority. He is the head of the church. He is the head of the body of Christ. I'm just checking here. Yeah, maybe I have it in store later, but the Bible says that he he is the head to the church and all things are under his feet. And so now all things are under your feet as well. So now I'm going to speak to recognizing what is actually in your domain and in your authority. This is not an exhaustive list. I'm sure there's many things that I could be sharing. And what's important, ultimately, is that you have a conviction and knowing, I shouldn't say a conviction, but a revelation from the Lord that which, uh, concerning what she's given you authority and so that you can walk as a priest and king and these things. So first question is, just think about it for a moment. What has God positioned you to be a steward over? I'm going to share some things here that you'll find that there's at least some things that pertain to all of us. Even just your bedroom. That in some way, in some manner, in some fashion or form has been legally declared to you that it is your room. It is your space. And, and, And ultimately, it's your atmosphere. You don't have to put up with demons in your atmosphere either. But even in your bedroom or your health, this is something that you're a steward over. Your health or your mind. You don't have. You're not a trash can. You're made for the glory of God. You you guard this temple of the Holy Spirit. You guard what you allow to be sowed into your soul and into your mind. You you through Christ you command every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ because your mind is so powerful or such an important instrument in how you live your life. Again, you, we want our minds to be united to the truth because we live out what we believe. So we want our minds to believe the truth. And so we want to keep our thoughts captive to the truth. The Bible even says, it gives us resources on how to do that. It says to dwell on the things that are pure and lovely and above. And it says that the results will be that the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So even what we chew on with our minds is so important. Uh, You have dominion concerning that. You you don't have to put up with the wrong... I remember, this is a common thing. Maybe you've gone through this or or are going through this. As people come to the Lord and... uh, they're realizing that the good shepherd is actually shepherding their soul into the ways of true life into green pastures and still waters they realize that a lot of these things they used to partake of are not healthy and so the wrong patterns of thinking are going on the wrong images just easily come to their mind or wrong profane language comes to their mind all this stuff you do not have to put up with your mind is what you you have dom- dominion over your mind through christ jesus you are the tabernacle of the holy spirit you belong to him you're his holy possession you don't have to put up with any darkness your household your household you have dominion over your household or if you're a parent over your children or as a as a husband over my family I have a special delegation of authority that God uses me to lead and protect my family I'm going to share a little bit on this because once pastor Dan a couple of weeks ago asked me to preach the warfare because this topic it stepped up because the demonic does not want us to know the authority that we have so i'm going to share some examples in my life where god has taught me about the authority that we have as i said uh, a moment ago even your health one of the first ways i means in which i lived out this reality was a revelation of i don't have to put up with darkness affecting my health i am the tabernacle of the holy spirit so as i would go evangelize what I would realize a consistent pattern was that after I would evangelize, I would get these terrible headaches, and so I brought that up to my pastor at this time. At the time, and thankfully, this is a pastor that is that loves the Lord, is spirit-led, and the pastor asked me a question. I, I never heard this term before. The pastor asked, "Have you do you bind transferring of spirits?" So bear with me for a moment as I exp- with me as I explain this. The concept was is that the spirits that were holding these people in bondage were mad and did not want to let these people go and so they were resisting me and I was new to this whole concept of authority Uh, i'm not saying it has to operate like i'm about what i'm about to say here but what i started doing was i deliberately started decreeing as a king as a priest understanding the will of god i forbid those spirits to touch me to transfer to me and then i learned further that when i'm evangelizing i can operate an authority over those spirits i don't control people's free will but i can forbid those spirits to operate around me because God wants them to have a chance to hear the truth. The enemies oftentimes trying to bring confusion. I I can recall there's times when I evangelize and there'd be a group of youth circling around me, God be doing awesome things. uh, Not just in the the words of truth, as important as that is in the preaching of the gospel, but in healings and miracles. And then the enemy would send a distraction around there. Even literally just a kid saying, uh, praising, uh, I don't even want to say it out loud, somebody is not God circling around on his bicycle. Now had I had a revelation of this at this time, I would have forbid that to operate. Um, And actually I'm I'm gonna share quite a few examples here. So what happened is God gave me a revelation of the authority I have that I don't have to put up with that. And so there's times when I'm around a person and as soon as I'm by them, I'll feel a certain... And this is the way I experience it. I'm not saying this is the way it's meant to happen for you. But there's times where I'll feel a pain and God will give me discernment that this, this there's a spirit on this person. This can help us grow in learning how to confront these things. But since that time, I've never... Had, and this is over 10 years ago now. I've never had to put up with a headache, uh, ever. Because with that also came this revelation of it's God's will for me to walk in wholeness. I don't have to put up with pain. In my body, and that's not to be haughty, but it's just a revelation of the inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, "I would that you would prosper in being good health, even as your soul prospers." And part of what I heard a few times echoing, or I, just, I heard it over and over again before I was preaching this message, and I believe it's to communicate to you who listen to this: is put your foot down. We just we're so used to the, in the the patterns of this world and this life of something happens, and we just think we have to put up with it. I can recall times when I'd just be out and about. Uh, I remember this man, he ended up joining the church as a part of as a result of what happened here. It's simple. He said he was dealing with a headache and right away he just it was a pattern. I'm not this is not to guilt trip anybody. It was just the the momentum, the the mindset and the pattern just to go and take some pills, to do, to put it off. But the thing is is that's an earthly resource. It's not inherently evil, but we should go to God first. And we should know and it's important, just regarding operating in faith, it's important to unshakably know the will of God, even concerning scripturally is not his will for us to be in pain. His kingdom come, his will be done. There's no pain in heaven. And so even just by way of saying, no, let me pray for you first. Uh, that because he's a sheep and sheep bear, record, bear witness to that which comes from the good shepherd, he recognized this is from the Lord. And he said, what church do you go to? Because he realized that there was some nourishment that he needed and God healed him as well. So again, God's given us dominion here on earth and he's given us authority through Christ and we're called to operate in this. And so I was pointing to my household. So after Pastor Dan asked me to preach, some crazy stuff started happening. My car started acting up. Um, I might even remember it all and I don't want to glorify it either. Um, I was watching my son and he was getting worked up about not getting to watch dinosaurs or something on TV, something silly. And I started feeling that a pain on my head. And again, this doesn't happen often and I'm even surprised when stuff finds access and this is part of what the story is because as we're walking in the spirit, we're learning how to keep the doors to the enemy shut because it's not God's will for the enemy to bring any harm into your life. Uh, for example, you could have a thousand witches trying to curse, present witchcraft at you but you don't even have to be aware of it. But if it's finding place and, and it's something's coming at you and you're percep- perceiving something going on because of that witchcraft, then yes, absolutely operate in authority and confront it but ideally, again, we're walking in such authority and, and and living a consecrated life that the enemy can't even find access to bring any of those curses, to find any ground for those curses. So I'm feeling this pain, and I realize that as I'm just simply trying to pray, I'm not getting results, and I'm very surprised by that. So I just, I give in, I let them watch the dinosaurs, and I go upstairs and I pray, and, it, and it's gone. But what I didn't realize Is that the enemy and i'm talking about stewardship i'm talking about what you have authority what's in your domain and for example with me with my child my son was getting attacked and i didn't realize it and so it it actually took a few days for me to actually realize this is this is not just physical but this is spiritual what my little three-year-old is going through he was fighting a heart fever thankfully nothing really manifested, no symptoms or anything, but he was fighting a sickness. And then God told me, because I, I went to pray for him, and I said, Micaiah, can I pray for you? And he said, he said no. And then I heard the Lord say something like, he doesn't need your permission. And this is what I'm pointing to here, because this is in my domain. Again, trying to provoke you, what's in your domain? It doesn't need your permission. And so then when I prayed, then I started seeing the results. Uh, I could, I, I'll i share just a little bit more on this, because this is, this is relevant, and the enemy does not want you to to hear this, um, but it's it's important to hear this. Last night, as I'm, as I'm trying to fall asleep, something in me is feeling unsettled and I realize my thoughts are going towards why was the enemy able to find access in my life period with that? That should not have been able to find this is my domain. The enemy should not have been able to find any means to bring any harm to my child. And as my thoughts are there, I see twice. I see an image, and I, I was told not. it's not necessarily go into detail with this, But I saw an image of a character on a DVD that I recently purchased. And and this is a movie that, if I've seen it, I don't remember anything about it. As I see this image, I'm knowing what it's concerning, but I'm kind of resisting it in my kernel mind. Like, well, I don't even know if that's really what that is. I should have taken it seriously and just dealt with it at that moment. There would have been greater peace in the household. So I'm talking about the enemy's looking for a foothold. He's looking for access to bring harm nothing shall by any means harm you but again the context is abiding in christ now the mistake i made is that i knew something felt me about something in me felt unsettled in the first place about buying this movie i thought there was a chance that it had witchcraft in it but i kind of brushed it off and but what happens by way of me buying this movie i willfully of my own free will said yes to it uh A good example is even when you're walking through the grocery store, you might hear just the witchcraftiest music going on. But as as the scriptures say, uh, you can't get away from the world. You're the light in the world. The world is darkness, but you need to be in the darkness to be the light there and and rescue people. But if I start rejoicing in that music, then then I'm coming in agreement in some manner, in some fashion, where it it gains legal access into my life. So likewise with this movie, I had given it legal access, and I had hardened my my conscience in this that I wasn't even allow myself to really perceive or discern what was wrong with it. And so I see this image, and then today I go on Google and I look up the movie, and I'm looking for the character, and I see the character uh, in the fashion that's presented to me, and then I realize that this character is a wizard. And the thing is, is witchcraft is. Completely rebellious against the ways of God. Uh, again, you, you want to guard your soul. You don't want to entertain your things, yourself with things that are literally demonic. That's a that's an open door for the enemy. So, end of story. Hopefully, as I just threw it away as I should have, and I could share story after story. Even one time, here's a, another brief one. There is a a lady. I'm not going to go into detail on purpose here, where I she asked Kelly and I to go visit her. She was dealing with a terrible. Uh, illness that kept her bedridden. And before I went to visit her, I saw, and this is at no fault to her, uh, or I should say this is not to pick on this person by any means. It's God, God corrects us because he loves us. And even what I shared there with that movie, I'm not talking about earning right standing with God. I'm not talking about guarding my eternal security. I'm not talking about um, whether or not I'm loved by God. It's actually the love of God that causes these things to be revealed in our lives so there's another brief story here so I see these crucifixes everywhere uh, these rosaries and then when I go in person I see those there now while we while we while Calvary and I were there and this is by God's grace in revelation of what is in us through Christ Jesus remember uh, we see in the scriptures that we there's this prayer that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened to know the hope of the calling, the glory of the inheritance, this power that belongs to the saints. So while we we're there, this lady was completely pain-free, and I pointed out what was there, and the Lord had revealed that to me. And there's somebody else there who was really, and really just really taking advantage of that person for sake of fame, by the way. And that uh, it's sad that that's a, many of you guys are probably aware of that a lot of people just try to associate with somebody to try to become more famous themselves. So that person identified strongly with those things and took offense and really resisted that. And, but my point here is that the enemy is looking for legal access, but we don't give the enemy legal access. We operate in authority against the enemy. Again, the enemy is under your feet because he's under Christ's feet. All right, so what's in your domain? I've talked about so far your space, your room, your health, your mind. Uh, your your where you live uh, your family, your children, even your pets i've seen God raise pets from the dead i've seen God heal pets from seizures instantaneously as shared the scripture i 'll share it again truly, you maintain my lot, so that includes your pets and your land you don't have to put up with things harming your pets or your land, but you have to know this if you 're going to operate as a king, you have to know it because the enemy will try to bring questioning um, your ministry if you're if you're a leader over of ministry, that is your domain he's going to lead you to operate in authority uh, concerning things so that they don't operate in there. Your secular job, uh, especially in the context that God sent you there, or even that you can know that God orders your steps, then you can know that God wants to use you in a special way in intercession there in your job. And I believe there's even implications sometimes concerning what our job is with the special authority we have there, such as if you get hired for security at a place you've been given legal authority in the physical to bring security, uh, so even all the more they don't realize how much authority they're allowing to be in your in your your court regarding the security of the atmosphere in that place uh, finances you you can be if, if your job isn't finances you get my you get my point here uh, so what again, what has God made you a steward of what has God said that you are a steward of even things that have been prophesied to you and this relates to the DSM Hollywood when God spoke this. He spoke it before we started operating it in it. And just to say it briefly, we recognize that God has given us authority in that which is called Hollywood, so he can use us in special ways of a delegation of authority in Hollywood to forbid things to operate. Since I talked about the wizard concept, and if somebody that watches this, listens to this, is involved with any form of witchcraft, God loves you. That If you don't love the witch when they're a witch, I wouldn't be saved. I was involved with things that were similar to witchcraft as well before coming to the Lord. God loves the witch. He loves the wizard. Please hear me on that. I'm not trying to pick on them, but one of the first things, visions we had concerning what's operating out here, I saw, when I saw, I'm just going back. I remember asking the Lord why I was seeing certain things in Hollywood. And then soon after, I had a vision. Seeing what was portrayed as a very big giant. And it is being presented as if it is in these local mountains, literally the size of the mountains. And it is wearing a sorcerer's hat, just like you would see in the movie Fantasia. And I did not tell that to Pastor Dan. In our first Hollywood event we had, the Lord led him, because we were having these events called... Oh, maybe you can put it in the notes. What, what were these events called that we were having where we were deliberately operating in authority uh, through prayer and praise and worship? We were calling, them, calling it The Shift. And so we were doing these ministry events called The Shift. And one of the first events, if not the first event, uh, one of the first events, the Lord showed Pastor Dan that that which God was leading him, this is what's important, is it's not out of your own will. You at least perceive the grace of God in it. Uh, if not hearing him clearly, because Pastor Dan is called to this area with authority from God, not just of his own will, but called to it. And I'll just briefly note this. There's a lot of people who have a calling but aren't even released into something yet. But it's, so it's important that we have the calling and we're released into something. So God showed him the thing that he was to confront that night. And again, I didn't talk to him about this, was sorcery. And so we know that we know that we know that there was power set forth of old concerning sorcery. <clears throat> Uh, the, speaking of that, it reminds me of another story. Um, I'm talking about now that if you're just going to be open, if you're open to op- operating in authority, knowing that you're a child of God, God is looking for people to use because he wants to reveal his will here on earth. And so uh, there's things that might surprise you how God wants to use you. Again, so it's good to realize there's liberty in this. So there's a day where the Billy Graham Association, uh, I believe Franklin Graham, uh, his, the Billy Graham's son, was going to the nation's capitals to have prayer events. And at the time I was leading a young adult church, and so my goal was to bring those who wanted to come out there for this prayer event. By the time we all got together, we were running way too late, I realized we're not gonna make it in time. But there's a city on the way there that's called the first city of Wisconsin. And at the time, by this time I realized that there was witchcraft sent forth of times old. The demonic was manifesting in certain ways deliberately to try to get, because again, it's looking for legal access. It was manifesting in certain ways to get humankind, who has dominion here on earth, to say yes to its ways. And so this witchcraft of old was set forth. Now the demonic has a strategy. There's a reason it wants to do that. I'm, I'm just being told there's other things I can share now too. So we go to one of these places realizing that there's some dirty old sacrificial kind of witchcraft that happened in this area and I had the permission of the Lord so you, it's like Peter like the, Peter he asked permission to walk on water so I had he, he didn't necessarily hear it but after he asked he had the permission and he anoints us for his will so I go there and as I'm going to the very and this is a pyramid by the way or a former pyramid structure uh, there in Wisconsin as weird as that is right as I'm at the each corner I get this nudge from the Holy Spirit so I start Declaring, or decreeing what the Lord leads me to decree. And what I don't realize that my wife in the uh, ministry told me later what they saw happening, and this is, I'm talking about we can all walk in this, is we're just willing to walk in authority. If we're willing to acknowledge that we really are priests and kings here on earth and we really do have authority to be the vessels of intercession for God's will to be done here on earth. They saw literally above us a swirling happening in the clouds right above that former pyramid structure. So we can operate in authority even against things that were set forth from times of old. So after that happened, I started asking the Lord, where else can I go to operate in these things? One of the places the Lord led me to was a place called Lizard Mound where even Nephilim bones or believe Nephilim bones, nine footers with six fingers fixed toes were found on those grounds kind of thing. When I showed up there, I heard a spirit really mad that I was there and we faced warfare getting there. Um, but I recognized there's old witchcraft sent forth and God gives us authority. So even this old structures and the spirit that were sent forth that we can break those down now interestingly I, I uh, never mind I'm not supposed to get into that okay so then I asked the Lord where else where is the where is the Illuminati I'm just gonna say it where where are these people in 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 the, the, in the uh, I don't know if I said that but at least the people in secret societies where are they getting together where are they casting their witchcraft and can I go there I so said the Lord showed me a place called Holy Hill it's this beautiful premises uh, it's a Catholic premises out in Wisconsin and again, it's got to participate with the Lord in operating in authority. The spirits, they have to listen to you. Uh, they have to listen to you. When you go to pray for somebody, they have to listen to you. There's times when I go to, uh, when I've gone to pray for somebody, or uh, I'll give you an example here. Uh, this, is, this might seem silly. Maybe you've heard me share this example before. But even in my atmosphere, I don't have to put up with demons around me. Now, again, I'm not gonna, we're not called to operate in authority over people, but over your atmosphere, you don't have to put up with demons hanging out around you. And so there's these group of young people, they're hijacked. Uh, And so they're just blurting obscenities to top their lungs, rejoicing over wicked things about this girl who almost died. And then it hit me, wait, this isn't just people who need Jesus. There's a demon trying to vex me right now. And so I'm just sitting a few feet away from them. And I I just whisper, Just ever, it's okay, you say it with authority, but you don't have to do acting with it but you do you do say it with faith and authority i commanded that spirit to leave and i heard it say i don't have to listen to you and this i in the past i started hearing the spirits try to say this because they knew that if i didn't understand i had authority over them then they were able to remain there because you operate in authority by faith this craziest thing silly but crazy they go from yelling and cussing and they just get completely quiet instantaneously and then then a moment later they start whispering about taxes so uh, even there's times where I'm out somewhere in work and I'm around a person that I realize the enemy is just really stirring them up. They're just really worked up. They're anxious. They're, they're again, they're they're abs- abs- absurd profanities coming out of them kind of thing. And so I just start worshiping the Lord in my heart or confronting that spirit. And they do have to listen. And this is what I'm pointing to here is you have to know. You have to know that they do have to listen. Uh, so many stories, uh, uh considering if there's another one I can share with you. I'm going to to share this one because it pertains to legal access. Uh, Because we don't, again, we don't do this out of our own will, our own understanding. Jesus don't go go around casting demons out of people that wanted to hold on to their demons. But what I want to submit to you is when people ask you to pray for them, take it seriously because they're giving you legal access into their domain. Uh, Again, that's why we we want to be careful even about when people go to lay hands on us. Yes, God protects us. I've heard wonderful stories where somebody involved with similar stuff as I used to be, went and wanted to be a light worker and thought they were going to bless people at the altar. uh, Their testimony was, and they didn't understand it. They were telling Kelly this, I believe in Chicago. They're like, I went to do this and this force just kept pushing me away. I couldn't get up there. So yes, God protects you. Absolutely. But you don't want to allow just anybody to lay hands on you. You don't want to give them legal access into things they have no act. They had no business getting involved with. And so, uh, an example of this story here, I'll try to make it brief is I want to go evangelize and the Lord ultimately leads my steps to a certain spot. And this lady, I just discerned by the spirit. She's what you would call like a medium or a shaman or a witch kind of thing. And because I'm willing to talk about spiritual things, she's kind of surprised because out there far more than we see in Wisconsin in, in California, there's a lot of religious strongholds, so less p- people are even willing to talk about spiritual things in general out there. Now, she had been drinking. Now, if you know this, but uh, some shamans, witches, etc., not all of them, they'll intentionally take in some kind of substance like alcohol or marijuana or something to help them yield to the spirits that they're working with. Whatever they think those spirits are, they're always trying to bring harm, and so. She had already been drinking, so she's more easily hijacked. So this is prefacing the story with this. Now she thinks that there's a dead girl haunting her house. Again, she's a witch. She, she's very, she's having very vivid experiences, but she's not born again and she's not with the Lord. So she can't have true discernment about what's really happening. There's such thing as false visions. The enemy can pretend to be the angel, be an angel of light, even uh, things can masquerade as something that they're not. Is my point but she asked me to go pray for her house. And so I'm like, okay. So I go in there with, uh, with her boyfriend who she was terribly, is so Jezebelic, like just terribly controlling this man. And again, I'm not super loud or you know, boisterous with this, but I'm just simply in faith. She gave me permission, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I, Cause I knew it wasn't a ghost and it was a, a devil. I command you out of here. Instantaneously, after I say it, she starts screaming from outside, get him out, get him out, get him out. The demons were really mad because she gave me legal access into her domain. All the things that she spent all that time doing witchcraft for uh, just got shut down. Now, she could choose her own free will to open those doors again. There's more in this story, um, but just something else in this. Uh, Even the authority you have over demons. So I'm trying to evangelize now, and the demons know there's power in your tongue. So now her and her friend who had also been drinking, they're totally hijacked. They're literally trying to speak out curses over me because I'm standing by the, by the street. And they're speaking out, die, get hit by a car, these kind of curses, and, as well as other just sexual and impure things at me. And so I turn to them and I say, shut up in the name of Jesus. And then the sign following really grabbed the people's attention because they realized these ladies literally cannot talk right right now uh so i'm pointing to you you have authority and you don't have to put up with demons so in your household in your life in your mind don't put again put your foot down you don't have to put up with demons in your atmosphere in your domain and again uh god wants to use you Uh, just open yourself up even at nighttime. i want to i would encourage you uh if you want to grow in the gifts of the spirit if you really want to grow and having the right heart and growing in the gifts of the Spirit, be open to praying and interceding, uniting with God's heart with His will. Uh, Just a few a couple nights ago, uh, for example uh, to my surprise, I see a little girl as I'm praying, as I'm just lying there and about to pray and then I hear the Lord say something along the lines of that human trafficking is trying to happen to her. And so I had the privilege as God's intercessor, as God's king and priest, as His vessel here on earth, to operate in authority and decree and authority against that, that it would not happen. So, again, bring us back to you in your life. I'm going to read a scripture to you now. Uh, Proverbs eight fifteen. It says that rulers decree justice. Rulers decree justice. So, uh, that's you as a ruler. You're a child of God. And so, what is in your domain and what should there be justice in or what's righteous or right in that you're not seeing? Uh, again, Jesus said to the church that I give you the keys of the kingdom, uh, another translation says, uh, I'm gonna paraphrase it here, that if it's not lawful, you need to perceive that it's not lawful and forbid it to operate. And so what's in your domain that's not lawful? It should not be operating. Decree decree the righteousness of God's will over those situations, over those things in your life. Even Jesus, again, we don't control people. Even Jesus, he didn't cast a devil. Remember, he knew that Judas was, Judas was possessed. But again, decreeing is not by our own understanding. We Even if you don't hear it, you can live from a place of being united with God's heart. So Jesus didn't even cast out the demon out of Judas because it was God's wisdom that it just needed to happen that way. But those who come, you can be assured of this also, though, when people come to you, ultimately, when they're coming to Jesus, because you come in his name, when they come to you and they want freedom, you can be assured that God wants to bring freedom as well, and that if they really are sincere, that they want to be free, that they will be free, so now I'm just gonna spend a little time speaking to that when you decree, it must be done in faith. I, 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 pref- I, I mentioned this briefly before. This is Mark chapter 11. Uh, this is where they said, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So remember, again, that we even have dominion here on earth and that I believe there was a lot of teaching in that message, but also it was a deceiving aspect of creation, it was rebellious creation. So Jesus even cursed a fig tree and it died. Now, I'm going to read forth, though, regarding faith. And keep in mind the topic of operating in faith with a decree, because this really, really ties in with this. Mark chapter 11, verse 22 Jesus replied, Let the faith of God be in you. I'm going to get to that in just a moment. Listen to the truth I speak to you. Whoever says, whoever speaks, whoever declares, decrees to this mountain with great faith and does not doubt. There's a key because it has to be in faith. So we need some assurance. Mountain be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and believes what he says will happen. It will be done. This is the reason I urge you to, this is from the Amplified Classic Version. This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer. Be convinced that you have received it and it will be yours. Faith is such an important key. Uh, The Bible, again, it says here, uh, some translations say, have faith in God, but that was based on the words they saw and their understanding. They translated it that way, but other translations caught on, uh, and, and, and more accurately, I believe, say, have the faith of God. Now, I don't know if you've heard of Smith Wigglesworth. If you've never heard of him, I highly, highly encourage you to take some time to to. To study his life, to, to, to look up what God did, the amazing grace God had upon his life. He was known for that. For that scripture there, for real that 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 really changed his life. He was known for ma- raising many people from the dead. He was actually nicknamed the Apostle of Faith, uh, and his message oftentimes was echoing what Jesus said: "Only believe." So have the faith of God. What does that look like? What I want to present to you is to know that it's already in you. Know that the faith of God is already in you. He wouldn't say to have it unless it was already in you. Or if you if, if can't believe that, he wouldn't say to have faith unless he was willing to give it to you, unless it was already in you. Again, the author of all creation who spoke, the the author and finisher of our, of our faith even, he he lives inside of the redeemed. He is within us. And so when you go to operate in faith, when you go to decree, when you go to to, to pray, I really want to encourage you to to really recognize, again, that he's given you the keys of the kingdom, and that it is his will for his name to be revealed here on earth, for his kingdom to come, for his will to be done here on earth. Faith. Uh, another scripture it says, "He who works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of righteousness, the works of the law?" I think it says actually, or by the hearing of faith. And the principle is is that when we operate in the supernatural that we have to believe. But even more importantly, we're called to operate in the supernatural through fellowship with God, that it's according to his heart and his will. Even when you go to pray for people, what I encourage you to do is just to be open to God's heart. God, what do you want to do in this person's life? Uh, what, what's what's a priority to you? So yes, what they request, he, he's faithful to fulfill the righteous version of that. But God is concerned about wholeness. And so when you go to pray for people, you can have that assuredness in your heart. And Jesus set that example. Uh, That God's will is to restore people to to set people free and for them to to walk and live in wholeness one of the best keys I can present to you in this teaching uh, regarding perceiving the liberty that you have in the Holy Spirit uh, uh, regarding perceiving the will of God and operating in faith is this remember Jesus said without him we can do nothing or nothing good or anything that we really should be doing it really comes from a place of setting your love upon him, of abiding in him, in the vine. And then the right f- results, the right fruit comes forth. The best key I can present to you is to abide in a place, to, to allow yourself to, to develop a lifestyle of abiding in a conscious fellowship with God. Set your lo- again, set your love upon him. Uh, remain in continual prayer. Prayer is not just asking God for stuff. It's the uh, more fully the word prayer infers and I feel His blessing even upon this, just to stay in fellowship with Him, just even from your heart. Doesn't mean you're 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 chatting all the time, but just you're you're conscious of His presence, and and it helps you really be f- f- far more often to a place of perceiving the quickening, and the unction of the Holy Spirit, uh, to perceive uh, His will here in this life. Now. I shared this before share shared it again briefly there's times where we don't know and that's okay and I, I shared Peter as an example uh, that he asked bid me to come on the water and then the express image of God Jesus the Christ said yes come walk on the water or he said yes I'm willing and so that that faith he had that faith to grasp a hold of and as he united his his uh, belief with with that when he did believe he walked on water while he was believing he, he operated in something so awesome so awesome uh, kind of silly but when i came to the lord and i heard about this stuff i i, I was ready to sell out and that's such an important key uh, to sell out in the right way i should say and uh, i didn't realize there's a progression to this and i'm gonna get into that in just more in a bit there is absolutely a growth process in this where we develop where we really grow in faith now it doesn't have to take long we're called to have childlike faith uh it, it's Again, it doesn't have to take long, but I thought that once you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you get to do all the cool stuff. So I literally, and I I don't think I had the the belief for it, but I literally tried walking on water and uh, it didn't happen. Uh, But if you get a word from the Lord or you perceive the yes from the Lord, it really brings a strong encouragement, a strong boldness to operate in faith. Pastor Dan recently shared the example of a story of Abraham and uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and where Abraham... Uh, he is saying, "Well, even if there's this many righteous people," and he's putting this this context that if you decree a thing, or uh, and he's getting the permission, is, do you say yes to the Lord? You say yes to the Lord, and then God establishes it. And a lot of times, what we don't realize is God is the one even stirring us up to pray to be that vessel of intercession. Um, I also want to present to you again that to operate in the authority of the kingdom uh, against demons, again, that it really. It requires faith, and uh, if you recall in the Gospels, we read that Jesus, uh the disciples, they come to Jesus and say that they were not successful in casting out the demons, and He actually calls them faithless. So we see that the reason it didn't happen, again, similar principle: if you're going to if you're going to move a mountain, it, it has to be in faith. So the other key I want to present to you is. It's by his ability. You don't have to look to your own strength, your own ability, especially when it comes to operating and authority over demons. I I said I was going to share a scripture. I'm going to bring it forth now. If if you have a Bible, I encourage you to check it out for yourself. It's in Ephesians 119. And it's actually, there's quite a few verses there. So before I read it, I just want to remind you again, the context of this, as I shared before, is that Christ is the head to the church and all things are under his feet. And so the devils are also under your feet because he's the body of christ the bible says that he's the head to the church and so it's important that we recognize that so that when we when we operate in his name that we recognize that we've been delegated this authority and because we've been delegated this authority in christ that it's his power that ends up at work not power of yourself but it's his power at work and that's really a whole message in of itself but if you can just simply own on to that with childlike faith. It was once that started developing in my life that I started seeing success in operating authority over demons. So here it is, Ephesians one19 I'm gonna read a few verses here. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to word who believe according to the working of, here it is, according to the working of his mighty power? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of, His mighty power far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And every name that is named. So literally every name is under the name of Jesus Christ. It is subject to, when you're operating authority, it has to listen. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things, he has put all, literally everything, under his feet and gave him to to be the head, to be the head over the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. So with this title that I presented t- today in this teaching about revelation of your authority and decreeing from that place, I, I said it before, I'm going to say it again. I highly encourage you just to simply chew on the scripture that it's his will for his kingdom to come and for his will to be done so that he can give you revelation. He can open the eyes of your understanding concerning the power that be- that is granted to you, as a believer. It's one thing to mentally know something. It's another thing for it to be revelation. And what really happen, what really helps is when you just read the scriptures concerning that which you want to develop and grow in, God can use that to really bring revelation to you. So it's no longer just head knowledge, but it's a heart-seated, true revelation. Because we want to speak, again, with an assurance of, fa- of faith. We don't speak from a place of it being a matter of fact. I've been talking about as a king, when we declare it has to be from a place of assurance of faith. I think David, uh, remember young David, he set a great example of that. Um, you can read it more if you'd like. I have it in the notes as well. But First Samuel chapter 17, he literally decrees a thing. He decrees about what's going to happen to that giant. And surely it happens. He cuts off the giant's head and everything. He spoke from a place, he spoke matter-of-factly, and he spoke from a place of knowing his God. He knew who God is. And as you know who God is, it really, really, really helps you have boldness uh, when it comes to operating in faith, in in an assurance of faith, uh, because again, you know who your God is. You know what His will is. You know His heart. You know His ways, and you know He's right there with you. That's that David. He knew that God was with him. He knew God's ways. He knew God's will. It was not God's will for uh, for this giant to be intimidating these people that were called to be a holy, peculiar people, where God wanted, where God wanted to reveal His name in their midst. Now we are. We are spiritually, we are now spiritually Israel. We are a a holy, peculiar people um, that show forth God's praises. Uh, We are are the covenantal people. And I just want to say that again because uh, there's scriptures that, like I talked about, where it says, truly he maintains your lot. That was in the Old Testament. But you should recognize all the more now, all the more now, the blessings that we have. Uh, the Bible even says we're be- we're blessed with faithful Abraham. So these even these blessings that were proclaimed to Abraham, the example and the father of faith, uh, that they belong to us now. So when we have a revelation, when we when we when we grow in relationship with God and we we perceive that it is His heart, His will for certain things, then we speak with assurance, and we operate as a king. Now, one of the things, that, last things I want to say about operating as a king is if you're gonna. Operate as a king. You're also gonna to have to fight or stand as a king. See, kings know that there's times that they have to fight, and so even as I shared the example with my son, I didn't just pray once, and I wasn't seeing the breakthrough that I should have been seeing. I, and I'll get into this again in a moment. From, as we read in James, I was earnest, I was steadfast, not letting go in a place of I'm not letting you go until you bless me kind of mindset. This is not supposed to be here. I know it's not supposed to be here. So I'm not letting up until it goes. Uh, Even when I go to pray for healing, there's times where I go to lift up my hand and the Lord gives me a correction. And so I know, it helps me have faith. No, God is really doing this and I'm not letting go until this is done. Because God God knows why it didn't happen instantaneously. But this shows me, I, I get to participate with the heart of God that this is not... I'm not backing down from this until this is dealt with and we should have the same mindset again put your foot down when it comes to things that are trying to operate in your life that are contrary to christ put your foot down do not let those things uh be in operation again as a king you also sometimes have to fight now one of the things the enemy tries to do is he tries to bring confusion even to did god really say that is, is that really god's will uh, didn't god say this instead he even tried to do that to jesus in the wilderness um but again, from that place of relationship, you can start to perceive, no, this is really God's will. And as you read the Bible, as you grow in fellowship with him, again, it really helps you know solidly what his will is. And then if even if you start to have a strong conviction, yes, this is God's will. One of the other things the enemy will try to do, and I'm exposing it on purpose, I'm exposing it on purpose, is the enemy will try to bring uh, guilt if he can. The enemy will try to bring guilt because it's hard sometimes to operate in faith, an assurance of faith if you're feeling guilty. So one of the things the Lord does in our lives is he really helps us understand how truly forgiven you really are. Uh, As you walk this life with the Lord, you start to see his love revealed over and over and over and over again. We realize that, no, I am actually in right standing. And we can know that biblically as well. Uh, Hebrews 10, 22, it even says that we have this continual access, that that we have this access we can draw near with a full assurance of faith because we have been covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm paraphrasing here. And even first John one, nine, that we can know that we know that we are forgiven and uh, abiding in, a, I'm just, I'm talking, I'm sharing a lot here, but even if you want to walk in this mind of the spirit, the Bible says to rejoice, always pray without ceasing, give thanks in all things. He's not just saying that because it's a good idea that actually helps you stay in a place of walking in faith. Walking in faith, where you're chewing on every word that's proceeding from the mouth of God, and you're seeing His name revealed over and over again in your life. So, uh, if you, confusion is trying to happen, go back to a place of praising the Lord. The demonic cannot stand to be a, a, around that. And another way to guard your heart is also just make sure you're guarding your your motives, your love for people, because um, at the end, the, again, the enemy will try to bring, uh, try to find legal access. Uh, or try to bring confusion. But as you're loving the Lord with all that you are, uh, it really helps you stay in this place of assurance of faith where you can boldly decree from a place of living united with God. So uh, again, it's so important that you know that you know that you know that something is God's will. And as I start to get closer to closing out here, I just want to provoke your thought to consider how does God decree something? Here's our example. The Bible says, I almost said this in the beginning, but we're called to be imitators of God as dear children. And so how does God, how does the God decree a thing? Okay, so he He decrees it like it's factual and it's unchangeable because it actually really is. And again, the faith of God is in you. Hebrews 11, three, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So we understand that literally God through faith that God spoke creation into existence. And the reason I share that going to remind you that the same God who spoke creation into existence, that he lives within you. Now, if you want to check it out in the notes, I have so many examples of how God decrees something. You can also see in the book of Daniel how God uses Daniel to prophesy that which God decreed. And... Um, Actually, what happens as a result, if you're familiar with that story with Nebuchadnezzar, is eventually Nebuchadnezzar understands, okay, no, this is the God who has the everlasting dominion. His is truly the kingdom from generation to generation. And he says, who can restrain his hand or who can say to God, what have you done? So kings who understand authority, somebody like Nebuchadnezzar understood that the king of glory, the God himself, Nothing can resist His will, and so you can you can speak out with that kind of conviction that if this is if you know that this is God's will, this can help you really really help you with your faith that it has to listen. You have to know that that it has to listen because it, again it will try to it might try to make you think or question it if, if it has to listen. But if you want to see the manifestation, you have to speak out in faith. And Moses is a great example of operating in authority where he didn't rely on his own strength, but he. He was actually called the meekest man on earth. And so the, biblically, the concept of meekness is, is that I'm not leaning upon my own strength, but I'm, I'm leaning into God in his strength and his ability, and I'm doing things as he leads. And again, we're all growing in this. We all we all grow uh, from one level of glory to another level of glory. We're all a result of God's grace. Uh, we're all a product, a uh, result, I should say, of his anointing. Even Jesus, we read in Luke 252 that he increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. But as much as I'm saying, yes, there's a time where we build up. God can use you now. God can use you now. And again, don't let guilt try to stop you because the reason this is such an important topic and that as I understand that there's resistance that tries to come against this message is because we are called to walk as children of God. And God did, again, the second thing he said to the church is I give you the authority so we actually it's important to recognize we have a role to play in this that we walk in this and that god has helped me grow in being a vessel more able to handle more from the lord In second 2 timothy 2:21, 2, we read about being a vessel meet for the master's use that we get purged from these things that hold us back he's developing us into living this life that is not just positionally holy because we are holy unto the lord but as we live a consecrated life as we live a consecrated life then we become a vessel that can be entrusted to operate in more. And it's not a matter of earning it. God, it, even when it comes to laying hands on people to release them in ministry positions, the Bible warns not to do that because he cares for your soul. And so it's not a matter of not being good enough. It's not a matter of uh, not being holy enough. No, you're absolutely holy, but God wants to develop your character. And uh, the other thing I want to say regarding this is if you want to grow in it, is start operating in it. And not just in decreeing, but in anything you want to grow in and develop in, start operating in it start allowing the lord to work in your life uh there's this principle uh where we see that to whose much is given i'm sorry i was gonna say much is given much is required and that's true so for us as the body of christ it's absolutely true um but what's great about that is that in first he wants to give you much but also us saying is that we we grow and what god puts into our stewardship uh, elijah I'm going to share an example about elijah in, a, in, a, in just a moment but I want to say this also that as you as you grow in stature as you grow in stature here on earth don't expect people to understand you to celebrate you remember even Jesus even Jesus uh, his brothers kind of were mocking him where's that scripture reference uh John 7 3 uh, they were even trying to mock uh, Jesus per se uh they weren't really acknowledging the authority uh, that he really had but <clears throat> this is what I've recognized in my life as i've exercise this as I've grown in understanding the authority that I have in Christ Jesus I soberly realized that my because I have authority in Christ uh, my words are weightier now I, I, I could I could speculate on why that and I'm sure people have great messages on why but I've realized this is a reality so even when I say something over myself that I shouldn't be saying I remember one time even relating to sickness, I started to experience it instantaneously as I I proclaimed the wrong, professed the wrong thing over my my life, over myself. Because I'm a king, I should not be decreeing nonsense over myself, right? And uh, so again, death and life are in the power of our tongue. And those who love it, the Bible says, will eat the fruit thereof. So we want to be very intentional, yield our tongue to the Holy Spirit. Uh, So as I I, I share, I want to share Elijah briefly as an example. I started pointing to the scripture reference before. It's in James, where it talks about the prayers of the righteous avail much. And what's interesting with that context is it's talking about 1 Kings 17. uh, And Pastor Dan preached on this for a bit recently as well, where Elijah decreed, he decreed the drought. But we see also that it was Prayer and the again the prayers of the righteous avail much i'm going to read it the effectual prayer of a righteous man avails much uh elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are and he earnest and he wasn't even born again debatably uh because christ even if christ was revealed to him christ had not in this time died and rose again and ascended to the right hand of the Father. And remember Jesus even said up to John the Baptist, he was the greatest prophet, but now he was least in the kingdom was greater than John the Baptist. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it rained not on earth by the space of three years and six months. He prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. Pastor Dan, actually, I don't know if you've heard this story, he got to participate with the will of the Holy Spirit to proclaim uh, that the drought was over in South Africa. I mean, this uh, was a cool story, so I'm gonna share it. Uh, in case you haven't heard this before, uh, a couple of trips ago when he went to South Africa, as he arrives on the plane, the Lord tells him that he's telling him to proclaim that the drought spiritually and physically is over. Uh, and so he goes to this conference, the open heavens conference, and there's a pre-service and he says, the Lord said this, um, And as a sign, it's going to rain in the sanctuary. And so people thought the pastors, they love him. They're like, yeah, he's got a little overzealous on that one. And so the opening night of the conference, God tells them, now's the time. And there's a similar principle because then God tells, as you read in 1 Kings, Elijah to say, now's the time that it's going to rain. Uh, But I'm also pointing to here about being a vessel meet for the master's use. Um, The prayers of the righteous avail much. Now, again, the righteousness of God has been imputed to you through faith in Jesus, Jesus Christ. You are. Uh, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But there is something about also being a vessel increasing and being meat for the master's use. So at this conference, the Lord tells Pastor Dan it's time and he, proclaim, and he speaks it out um, that the rain's coming. And a storm came outside. It was not on the forecast and actually ended up on the newspaper this whole event, how God used him. Uh, the rain came in and just for the rain continued outside, but for a short time, Uh, a a line of rain was dribbling on the leaders that were there at that event. So again, the storm happened, the rain came, the sign as God proclaimed would happen that the drought was done physically and spiritually, and then it ceased in the sanctuary while it continued to rain outside. We get to participate. It's such a privilege. We get to participate with the will of God. And people don't have, and I'm sharing that as a public example, but you get to, and I shared a few personal examples. There's a lot of things you get to do, you can do, and nobody ever has to know about it. Yet, even regarding rain, you get to participate with the will of God. God sees what you're doing. He sees what you do in secret. He sees how you're serving him. It doesn't have to be for other people to see. But again, you get to do this now. And especially if you want to have the right heart and growing and walking in the spirit, I highly, again, encourage you to allow yourself to be in that position of of intercession. And I just one point here, again, also, as I was starting to say before about The the intensity, the the earnestness of prayer. Pastor Dan recently preached about Jacob where he was wrestling with God and saying, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. We can have that mind, that conviction, that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That um, just that seriousness of faith, of I'm not stopping. I'm not letting go until I see the manifestation because I know the manifestation is supposed to happen. And so as you decree, you can, ha- you can speak out with knowing that it's going to happen. And as even if you're praying for somebody, for example, or, or continue to stand in faith regarding something, you stand in faith, and if you continue to stand and faint not, you will see the manifestation of God's will in your life. Uh, as, I was, as I'm concluding here, I was thinking about my grandfather. Uh, I didn't get to know him as a Christian. I know that he was a Christian. On my, on my father's side, uh, my grandmother, who's still alive, she shared a story with me of how he got filled, his experience in getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. To me, it a great example, tied in everything I was sharing here, a lot of what I was sharing here. Because he had a son, maybe I'll tag him in here, my uncle Ron, who was born prematurely. Uh, he's a big dude now, but he could fit in the palm of your hand at that time. And when he was born, and he, he went through, he was, had some severe kind of flu going on. And so my, my grandfather earnestly was not letting go, praying for his dear child to be healed. And in that place of earnestness, of praying, he was drawn, he, I don't know if he, how much he understood this principle, but he was digging in also in faith. And so he got filled with the Holy Spirit in this experience, and God healed his, his dear son, Again, point to what's what's in your domain. You're a king. You're a priest. What's in your stewardship? What's in your domain? Don't back up. Don't let down. You stand in faith. You you decree as God leads. You decree in faith knowing that the manifestation of God's heart has to happen. So in conclusion here, I I want to encourage you, even when you start your day, just have your heart open to the Lord. Start your day in prayer. You have dominion here on earth. Give it back to the Lord. Give God access in everything in your life. and and be deliberate to be open to the Lord's leading to how he'd have you intercede. And even if he'd have you decree over your life or over the things you're in stewardship over, forbid the darkness to operate. This is what I do. Uh, I shared a story after a Google Meet last time I did the teaching how I'm intentional to pray, start my day in prayer. And the one day that I just got caught up and I, I, I did not prioritize praying and covering things in prayer, knowing that the enemy is looking for ways to try to find access, that one day, I, I hear people yelling outside. I look outside. There's a young man being put down uh, with a gun in his hand on his belly. Now, thankfully, God still protected what was going, trying to go on there. But I, I look outside and I see guns or cops walking around with their guns pointed looking for somebody else. I hear him yelling at the this young man, if you put your gun down, we won't shoot you, that kind of thing. And I don't think it was any coincidence. It was the one day that I did not do this, that I did not Cover everything in prayer, putting it back in God's hands. Uh, where again, I, I I make it, and I'd be careful not to be religious about this. I should do it. I'd be intentional to do this in faith. I forbid darkness to operate in my life. I forbid darkness to operate in the things which I'm a steward in, as a steward over. And I encourage you again uh, to do the same. And again, I encourage you to recognize that God has given you liberty to participate with his heart, to walk in the Spirit. Uh, again, as Jesus Jesus Christ said, um, as the Father sends me, so send I you. That was John 20, 21. And then in Acts 10, 38, we read how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. We're anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. And if you've never received prayer to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, please uh, reach out to us as, at another time where we can... S- participate with you in the Lord in a holy devoted moment to receive prayer for this because truly life really does change in a powerful way when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit he went around doing good and healing and bring this in the context of you and I and the liberty that we have in operating the authority of God and decreeing living united with the Lord he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him now, as I, as I conclude this, I just wanna invite you to set your heart in prayer here for a moment in response to this. If you wanna grow in this, if you wanna grow in this, I just wanna encourage you to open your heart to the Lord in your own language, as I'm praying, in your own language, just pray to the Lord if you wanna grow in walking in the spirit and operating in authority and experiencing the joy of being that vessel of intercession for God's will to be here on earth. I thank you, Father God, uh, that you have redeemed us, Lord, to to know your love lord and to know your fa- know you as father and that we we get to grow in knowing what it literally means to be a child of god and i thank you lord that no no thing that you're leading no raymo word is impossible for us who believe everything that's according to your heart according to your will we can unite in faith and see your heart revealed here on earth so lord we just we open up ourselves, we purpose to open up, Lord, to believe for great things. As Jesus said, that greater works will we do than him because he is ascended to the right hand of the Father. And now we can all be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. So we thank you, Lord, for transforming us by the renewing of our mind, for really helping us understand the power that is at work in us, this power that is in us, that we are literally here on earth and in the Spirit, children of God, Help us understand, Lord, more what it means about this authority uh, that we have in you and to decree as kings and priests as you lead. In Jesus' name, amen. Now here as I close out on Facebook, I just want to encourage you that if you if you aren't aware of this, if you haven't checked this out yet, please find us on social media, DSM Hollywood. Uh, you can connect with us more there. You can find out more about the resources that we have online at our website, dsmhollywood.com. We're going to be having some more upcoming in-person meetings soon. We'd love to connect with you. If you live out here in this area, we'd love to connect with you in person. We are here because we know that God's heart is for you. And with a specific focus, but not limited to the entertainment industry, we know that God wants to reveal his heart in the entertainment industry. So again, I want to invite you to connect with us. Thank you for listening.